Today's podcast is presented to you by Pastor Shelley Swan of Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. The title of my message today is Living with Open Arms. And I was inspired by this, you know, as I go through um, my daily life, I see people, and myself included, that I see them with things in their hands and things in their arms that distract them from the things that are really important in life. There's a lot of distractions out there. So the first verse I want you to turn to is Ephesians chapter 5. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. I'll have the scriptures up here on the screen. I'm going to read from some different translations. Our ushers also have Bibles in the aisle. If you would like one, you can raise your hand up and they'll get you a Bible because we want you to see the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 5 is where we're going to turn first. And we're going to read verses 15 through 17. This is called Living with Open Arms, Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 17. In the New Living Translation, it says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So from this verse, God told us, Four ways to live. He said to live carefully, to live wisely, with thought and understanding. Does this sound like your life? Or is your life more like this? Endless to-do lists. A schedule packed with events. Running from one event to another. And getting mad at anyone who slows you down or gets in your way, especially in your car or at Walmart. And phones and computers buzzing nonstop with notification after notification. And TVs always on. And you keep telling yourself that someday you'll have more time for the people in your life. And the things that truly matter. You feel buried beneath the weight of these distractions. No longer living, just barely existing. But someday is no way to live a life. See, distraction overload robs us of our sensibility. And it distorts what's truly important in our life. And it causes you to focus on details that tomorrow, next week, next year, they're not going to matter in the grand scheme of things. But when you're so overloaded with distractions, all those little things seem to take up your time. And you slowly begin to unravel. The fabric of your well-being just begins to unravel and unravel and unravel till one day you're undone. And the sad part is, is, then there's the explosion that happens. And guess who usually we explode on? The people that we love the most. They're the ones that have to pay the price for your busy schedule, for your distractions that have overloaded you to the point then that you explode. And that should not be for any one of us. 
See, when we live our life trying to balance too many things, trying to do it all, we miss out on the life God has for us today. We miss out on the things that truly matter right here in front of us. And what I miss, I can't get back. Don't put off life until someday. Invest your time, your energy, and love into today. Let go of the distractions and open your arms up to lovingly connect with those he has put into your life. What if you missed hearing the best part of your child's day because you were on the phone? What if you missed the chance to inhale the sweet scent of your energetic child because you insisted on folding that basket of laundry before bedtime? What if you missed a chance to console your worried spouse because you had a mile-long list of things to do? What if you missed hearing an unknown childhood memory from your aging parent because you were too busy to call? What if you missed a divine cloud formation in the sky because you were racing to the bank to the post office, to the grocery store before you had to pick up the kids? What if one day you realized all the opportunities you missed couldn't be retrieved, that it was already too late? What if one day you realized the best moments in life come in the mundane, everyday moments, but you were only fully present on special occasions? What if, instead of rushing through the small details of your daily life, you occasionally paused and offered your presence? What if you turned away from the distractions that monopolize your time and your attention and grasped the sacred moments passing you by? Turn off the music in the car. Sit next to your child as he plays. Lie in bed with her after you say goodnight bend down and look him in the eye when he talks to you. Hug your husband and don't let go right away. Tell him something you've been meaning to say. Do these things and see what might unfold. And once the moment is over, reflect back on the moment and realize this painful truth. If I had not paused, that precious moment is what I would have missed. Amen. See, living with open arms doesn't mean that we give up technology altogether. I mean, our phones, this is our lifeline, a lot of us. In fact, most people today don't even have a landline. So this is, yes, we need this phone, but it's only a tool. It doesn't mean that you give this up altogether. It doesn't mean that you ignore your job responsibilities your volunteer obligations, or your home duties. But what it does mean is making a conscious decision to have times where you lay distractions aside and you really connect with the people that God has placed into your life. Even in the midst of a busy day, there are opportunities to pause and have meaningful connection with the people around you. I told a story first service. Um, last week I was at a, a restaurant here in Lubbock, 
And as usual, I had my long agenda of my to-do list for that day. So I was getting this one done, and I'd got a table for everybody, and I ran up to order my food, and I'm going through the line, and this lady's taking my order, and I'm trying to finish. Hurry, you know, my personality, let's go, get with it. And this young man comes from, I don't even know where. All of a sudden, he's standing in front of me. He's one of the workers, and he's, he has his hands. He's real insecure. He's, he said, um, um, I, I need to ask you something, but I'm afraid I'm going to I'm going to sound dumb. Or, and he said, I, but I want to ask you something. And I was like, okay, like, let's go, you know. <laughs> what is it? And so I'm like, okay. And he said, um, well, I don't want to sound like dumb, but um, you look like someone I, I used to know. And I said, okay. And I'm looking at him because he wore this funny hat that covered up a lot of his face, and he had these big glasses, so I'm trying to, like, look in his little face, you know, and see if there was someone. I used to teach school, so a lot of those students come up, and they're grown now, and, and uh, it's hard to recognize them. But I'm looking, and uh, I'm like, okay, well, answer one question. I said, where are you from? And that'll probably tell me if you know me or not. And he said, Clovis. And I said, then I'm probably who you think. And I said, I said, Shelly Swan. He said, yes. And I said, tell me who you are. And he told me his name. He said, I'm so-and-so's son. And I said, oh, my gosh. So I said, come around here and give me a hug. So we had this little reunion there in the middle of this restaurant where he's supposed to be working. And, but he's a broken young man. I know that life has kicked him around, and uh, church has kind of kicked him around. And he's been booted out. And I know it was a God appointment. I told Stormy when I I got home, I said, guess who I saw? And we talked about him. He's a, we've known him, I I knew him before he was born. And he's, I said, what are you doing here? And he's living in Lubbock. And I said, you've got to come to church. I haven't even looked around. I don't know if he's even here today, but I know where he works. And I'm going back. But if I would have been too busy rushing If I hadn't have opened my eyes and opened up my arms, I would have missed that opportunity. And I'll be the first one to tell you, I'm sure I miss a lot of opportunities because I'm the chief rusher and the the chief scheduler. But we have these opportunities to connect with people if we just have open arms. You know, the only person who can protect your time is you. You're the only person that can protect your time. See, we must create boundaries around our life between all the distractions that are vying for our time, pulling on us. We have to create those boundaries around our life and so that we have time for our loved ones. See, if we want to have strong relationships, we must make an investment of time, attention, and love by temporarily ditching distraction and being fully present. Um, Turn to Isaiah chapter 43. I love this from the message. We used this verse a few years ago for um, our women's retreat. And I love what it says. And it's talking about what God had done in the past. Uh, Verses 16 through 19 of Isaiah 43, it says, This is what God says. The God who builds a road through the ocean, right through the ocean, he carves a path 
through pounding waves, the God who summons horses and chariots and armies. They lie down and then can't get up. They're snuffed out like so many candles. So much good stuff God did in the past. But he said, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history, checking all those statuses of what everybody's done in the past. He says, be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the badlands. See, God is at work all around us. He's doing new things. But if all we're doing is hanging on to the past and looking back, we're going to miss all the new things that he's got for us out in front of us. If my hands are too busy doing other things, I'm going to miss those chances to have open arms. If my body's present, but my mind is not, I'm going to miss them. Uh, If I hold on to distraction and do not open my arms to what really matters, I will miss the special moments time and time again. Every now and then I experience reminders, moments when my child suddenly looks grown up or says something profound, Moments when time slaps me in the face and says, pay attention, this is not going to last forever. Every now and then, I need to be reminded that having to sweep up the crumbs beneath his chair is not really a problem. I need to be reminded that the times when he grasps my hands as we cross a busy street or asks me to come here and see this ladybug are moments to stop and savor. I need to be reminded that I could complain less cherish more, and let go of the have-tos, and say yes more often. I need to be reminded that although sunsets and goodbyes happen every day, each one should be treated as if it was the last. I need to be reminded that real living happens when I peel away the distractions and hold my perfectly imperfect life tenderly in my hands, because that day will come sooner than I think when I stand inside his bedroom closet and I will be able to see the floor. There will be no brightly colored clothes haphazardly hung hangers on the hangers along the narrow walls. No dirty clothes that miss the mark of the hamper. And I will place my hand on all that is left. And when I do, I will be so grateful that I hugged him that day rather than scolding him for writing his name on the wall of the closet. Because in the end, a moment of expiration, exasperation, will be just as much as a gift as a moment of joy, only without the pretty packaging. So I intend to keep grasping the reminders and live with open arms. And someday I'll be grateful I didn't miss my life. Amen. See, living with open arms is not about being perfect. It's not about being hyper-focused on your family. It's simply about making a conscious effort every single day to connect. You know what it will look like? It looks like togetherness. It looks like communication. It looks like forgiveness. And it looks like unconditional love. We must continually ask ourselves if our Wi-Fi connection 
is taking precedent over our relationship connections. That hit me hard. Is our Wi-Fi connection taking precedence over our human connections? I've sat in restaurants and it breaks my heart when I see people, maybe a couple, and they're sitting there and instead of looking into each other's eyes, they're looking into the eyes of everyone else on their phone. I've seen parents that have these beautiful children. Mommy, look at me. Mommy, listen to me. And they're too busy doing this. We have to take those times, make sure that the connections in our life, that we're pouring into those things that really matter. See, I have today. Yesterday's gone. All the mistakes and the failures, the poor choices, the things I wish I could do over, they're gone. Today stands before me with arms wide open, and all I have to do is grasp it. Today, let me appreciate. This is my prayer. I failed to appreciate the feeling of her small body in footy pajamas until she suddenly outgrows them and declares, I want regular ones that don't have the feet. (laughs) Today, let me appreciate the perfect size and shape that he is right now, today in this moment. Today, let me appreciate my child. I fail to appreciate those odd mannerisms that drive me crazy until we are separated at a time. And suddenly, I long to hear one of those silly quirks. Today, let me appreciate the gum chewing, the knuckle cracking, and even the humming. Because when I hear these things, I know I'm in the company of the one I love. Today, let me appreciate my husband that you have placed in my life so different from me but exactly what I need. I fail to appreciate the richness of my life until I walk down the busy street and see sadness on the fringes, those with empty hands and empty eyes and empty souls. Today, let me appreciate the fact that I have known love in my life and let me share it with the one who has not. Today, let me appreciate the value of spreading kindness. I fail to appreciate the wrinkles the bulges and the sags, until I uh, reflect on all that I have endured to be where I am today. Today, let me appreciate each beautiful memory of my life that is etched across my face and my body. Today, let me appreciate the positive value of growing older. Today, let me appreciate the sun, even when it's behind the clouds. Today... Let me appreciate the goodness, even if I have to dig a little to find it. Let me appreciate the goodbyes, even when it's not our last. Let me appreciate the gifts in the mundane, ordinary moments that are graciously given to me. Because even though they're far from perfect, and sometimes they're messy and hard, these are the moments that make up a lifetime And for this, anything but small miracle that is my life, I am thankful. See, we think that the memories are only the big things. 
the trips to Disneyland, the cruises, the proms, the elaborate holidays. We usually take a lot of pictures at those. You know what? Life is made up of those ordinary day after day memories. You know what your child is probably going to remember? They're going to remember the times when they walked in the room and you said, good morning, how did you sleep? And you give them a hug. They're going to remember when you go to pick them up from school that you're not too busy talking on your phone or looking at the latest Pinterest item. But when they get in the car, you say, how is your day at school? They're going to remember how you made them feel. They're going to remember that you said, I love to watch you play sports. I love that. My little grandson and granddaughter play a lot of sports. And we were laughing. Matt's parents were here. And Friday night, Cade was at a game, and he has this thing. And he gets up to bat, and he swings. You know, he takes those practice swings, and his daddy's on the pitcher's mound giving him direction. But he always has a little moment. When he looks back and he checks the fan section to see, to make sure Grammy and Poppy and anybody else is watching him. Those are the things that our children are going to remember. They're going to stay with them. And yes, the special moments are great. But most of what children remember are those everyday things that we take for granted. We need to slow down. Quit rushing around so much and missing those ordinary moments. We'll realize God is in those moments. Thank God he's always there in those everyday moments. He's not just there on Easter service, even though I love Easter service. He's right there with me when I'm driving in my car. He's with me, and that's what we want our families to know. That we're with them no matter what. Let's turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. See, last Saturday I got back. I had been gone to a women's conference and I had to drive back from Dallas and I was really tired. And because we've been at the conference half the day, then I had to drive back and, you know, get everything. I've been gone for days, so there's lots to catch up with. But, of course, I brought, bought my grandkids a gift. I love to do that. And so I told Stormy, I said, let's go over there and see them. I wanted to see them. I'd been a few days without seeing them. And my daughter had been out of town at a state track meet that she was coaching. And so we go over, and, of course, you know, they open the door, Grammy, Poppy, you know, and hug us, and we're talking. And pretty soon Cade comes up and grabs me and says, Grammy, Come watch me jump on the trampoline. Well, I wanted to say, um, Grammy's tired, and I've been, you know, I've been really busy, and I just want to go home. I said, okay, for a few minutes, you know, we'll go out there. So I go out. Well, of course, Taylor sees my granddaughter. Hey, they have an audience. So they come out, and they start jumping, and they showed me all their latest tricks, which as I'm standing there, I'm realizing, thinking, how long has it been since I've done the small, simple thing of walking out that door and watching them jump on the trampoline. They could do back flips, or no, back, not, they were front flips, all these tricks they were doing. Well, then I started telling them how Poppy throws good flips on the trampoline. 
So, of course, out he walks the door. Poppy, Poppy, come out to the trampoline. And he, at first he was Mr. Cool. Well, it's hot. I don't want to get sweaty again. And no, Poppy, come on. So in he goes to the trampoline. And he's showing them how. And they don't know. They can't get a, is it a backflip they haven't got yet? So he's showing them the process of how you do it. Then the basketball game ensues. They're, you know, showing me their dunks on the basketball goal. Then Poppy starts shooting from outside the trampoline. Then their daddy, Matt, comes, and he starts shooting from across the yard. And 30 minutes later, we'd made some memories in the mundane, ordinary part of life. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1, from the message. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Now is the time, now is the time to look into their eyes until they succumb to sleep. Now is the time to say I love you so many times you lose your voice. Now is the time to hold them until your arms grow tired. Now is the time to laugh until your belly hurts. Now is the time to whisper prayers of gratitude until you account for every blessing. Now is the time to perceive ordinary moments as gifts. Now is the time to live in this moment. Now is the time. Now is the time to live with open arms. Amen. The time is now in our everyday, ordinary life. See, we have to begin to see the big picture of life. How we invest in our families today will be the payoff with them in the future. Do you want a relationship with your children? See, I can talk to you because I have grown children. I have my daughter who lives here with us in Lubbock, and we have a son in Austin. And we invested in those relationships when they're little. And sometimes you don't think, oh, what, you know, I cook their meals and I wash their clothes and I pick up after them and I take them to school and I pick them up from school. You're investing. You're there for them. Be there for them in the day-to-day moments of life. And you know what? There will be a payoff in the future in that relationship with your family. See, we have to ask ourselves, does the time and attention that I'm investing in my family today make them feel like they're a priority in my life? Or do they see you investing minute after minute, hour after hour on the computer, saying, when they're saying, Mommy, look how I write my G. I've learned how to write a G. And you're like, sorry, I'm watching my show. That's going to have to wait. We, we're investing. We have to ask ourselves, what are my priorities? And of course, we all know God has to be our first priority. We've got to spend time with him so we have love to give to the people around us. Love to give to all he brings across our path. If our days are spent in a hurried frenzy of rushing around from one activity to another, you know what we do? We develop tunnel vision. And all we see is, okay, I finished this event. All I see is the next event. 
And then, okay, after this, I have this soccer practice at 6 o'clock. And then after soccer practice, we have to get you supper fed. And then after you eat supper, you've got to get a bath and get ready for bed because we have a schedule. We have to hurry up. If that is the memories you want your children to have, you're going to miss it. Take time. And yes, I'm all about a schedule, okay? I have my schedule and it's on my phone. But don't miss the moments. It's good to be organized. It's good to know where you're going. But don't miss the moments because of your rushing around for the schedule. See, we may be able to do it all for a time. You know, you've ever seen someone, met someone, they're like, man, you do a lot. How do you get it all done? And sometimes people are like, yeah, you know, I can get it all done. I'm, I'm the super mom. I'm the super woman. I'm the super dad. I can get it all done. But usually it's at the cost. There's a cost. It can be at a cost of your health. It can be a cost of your spiritual health, your mental health, and those relationships and the people around you. And when we come undone, like I said before, it's usually not pretty. Here's what we do. Psalm 46.10 from the New Living. Here's one of our keys. Psalm 46 and verse 10. It says, be still and know that I am God. And I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. See, I've never really liked that verse. It hasn't been my favorite. Guess why? Because I'm kind of one of those do-it-all, hurry kind of people. But we have to learn to slow down. Spend time in God's presence. Spend time in his word. Spend time with him so that we don't feel overwhelmed by distraction, overwhelmed by all the needs that our children have. We'll have something to give them when we spend time in his presence. Um, I read this book, and this was the inspiration for my message. I'm going to give a few away at the end of the service. It's called Hands-Free Mama. And this quote was in there. It said, just listen to your heart. And let God lead you. Just let things happen. The most meaningful moments arise unplanned. Stop trying to control. I'll put both my hands up. And just let things be. Just let things be so you can live. God, help me to notice the good to see the high marks on the report card before I see the low ones, to see his beautiful swimming form before I notice what place he comes in, to see she's dressed herself before I notice the winter boots and the tank top combination, to see he's made his own breakfast before I notice the cereal scattered across the counter, to see the artistic flair in her creation before I notice the mess, to see his love for music before I notice the out-of-two notes, to see the effort and the attempt before I see the mistakes and the shortcomings, to see the beauty and goodness before I see the flaws and imperfections, to see the opportunities 
before I notice the inconveniences, to see the promises of each day before I notice the challenges. This is how I want to live, with open arms, to notice the good, always the good, before anything else and above all else. Amen. Noticing the good. So as we begin to get a handle on these external distractions that I've talked about, all the things out here vying for our time, trying to steal away our lives, there are some other distractions that are just as damaging to us. Messages of shame, inadequacy, fear, and doubt are trying to bombard many of us, just like the notifications that ding on our phone on a consistent basis. Messages that you're not enough. You're not a good mom. You've made a lot of mistakes in your past. All those messages try to bombard us day after day after day. See, Satan is called the accuser in the scriptures. He's the one whispering these messages to us. So we're going to look at Revelation chapter 12. And we're going to see how the Bible refers to the enemy that we have. But there's good news in in this verse as well. In Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 11, it talks about Satan and, and what happened. It said, Then there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last, salvation and power in the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth the one who accuses them before God day and night. And they they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. See, and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. See, Satan's always trying to accuse us. Always. If you read the book of Job, I was looking up uh, references to the accuser. So many times it's in the book of Job. And he came to accuse. He came to whisper and tell you those doubts. He came to make you get in fear. Your child's not serving God. Your child's going to die and go to hell. Your child is going to get killed in a car accident. He's always trying to bombard us. Throw those fears. Throw shame. Look at what you did in the past. You are such a bad mom. You did not spend time with your family. He's always trying to throw those those fears at us that we're not good enough. And those negative thoughts and sometimes our words that agree with them cause us to focus on our flaws and our imperfections. And they encourage unrealistic standards and very shallow measurements of our worth. Today I vow, I vow to stop measuring my worth by my circumference of my waist, the cleanliness of my house, or the state of my children's hair when they walk out the door, 
I, stopped, I vowed to stop measuring myself by how fast I can run a mile, the marks of my children's report card, and how many academic degrees I have on my wall. I vowed to stop measuring myself by the number of bulges, sags, wrinkles, and scars. Because in reality, these things don't matter. The only thing that really matters is that I am a loving mother to my children and that I am raising them to be kind and loving children and people. And that is enough. Amen. See, we have to begin to silence the inner critic, stop the negative thoughts and talk, and instead exchange it for those positive words of affirmation that come from God's word. We have to begin to put the word of God in our hearts and let it transform us into who he wants us to be. Um, We looked at Romans 12 verse 1 about giving him our ordinary lives as an offering. The next verse Romans 12.2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let him get into your mind. He gets into your heart, and he gets into your mind, and then it comes out your mouth. It's that process. Let him change you, transform you. Then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. Today I wish, I wish you victory against the cruel inner voice to see self-acceptance truly is a choice. I wish you victory against the worries that fill your mind to seek contentment that you shall surely find. I wish you victory against the tunnel vision that blinds your view from the exquisite beauty that radiates from you. I wish you victory against dark, dark thoughts that invade your sleep to instead be filled with God's peace that you shall forever keep. Amen. And through the victory that comes with each passing day, a melody to fill your heart for you, my friend, I pray. Loving messages becoming more and more clear, drowning out the haunting voice of inner doubt and fear. And finally you will hear it and life will truly begin the victory song of self-acceptance that only comes from within. I'm not exactly sure what my victory song of self-acceptance will sound like, but I believe it will contain words like capable, brave, and strong. And it will have phrases like, you are enough and you are worthy. I'm quite hopeful I will be hearing a lot of one particular phrase, you are beautiful and you are God's masterpiece. From now on, those loving words will come from within as I am convinced of the love my Father God has for me and I will live with open arms to the people in my life. Amen. See, when negative thoughts try to bombard us, we've got to go into the Word. That should drive us into the Word of God. Put the Word in your heart. Sometimes when you start feeling overwhelmed by the distractions and by those negative thoughts, When it seems like you're about to drown, one of my best tools is I turn on good worship music. I turn on those songs. Like we sang today, when Satan's trying to tell me to get in fear about the future, that I'm not enough, I sing songs. And I tell him, you make me brave. You make me brave. You have called me out 
beyond the shore to the wave. You make me brave. You make me brave. No fear can hinder now the love that made a way. That's what you put in you. That's going to drive that negativity away from you. Silence that inner critic. Don't allow that into your life. Part of you changing those negative patterns is you have to forget about the past. Okay? We've all made the mistakes. And you have to forgive yourself. You have to give yourself grace. And the more you give yourself grace, because some of us, our own worst critic. We have to forgive ourselves, give ourselves grace, and then we more freely have it to give to our family members. So give yourself grace that God has given to you. So what I want to leave with you today is this thought. Every single day, I am faced with choices on how I will spend my precious time. The choices I make matter. The choices I make are critical. The choices I make mean everything. Because it is in the moments that I choose what matters over distraction that I make lasting connections and create priceless memories with the people I love. And I realize that there will come a day When those loving human connections and those beautiful memories will be all I have left. So in the meantime, I choose to keep open arms to what really matters in life. With each passing day, I accomplish so much. Yet when it comes to the things that really matter, I accomplish so little. But not today. Time. Today I will not waste you. Time. Today I will not take you for granted. Time. Today I will make the most of every second you have to offer. Time. Today I will be thankful. Thankful that you have not run out on me. Thankful that I still have to kiss her face, still have time to kiss her face, tickle her belly, and count her freckles. Today I will be thankful for time because you haven't run out on me. Not yet anyway. Because I know full well that you can, and you have for some precious souls who thought you would have time tomorrow to kiss, to laugh, to hug, to dance, to run, to play, to live. But time ran out, so today I will be thankful for the time I have and live with open arms. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. We have time. It's a gift, the time we have, and it's our choice what we do with our time. I'm going to ask today that as the team sings about having open arms, that we just make a new dedication. That today I'm going to live with open arms, God, to whatever, whatever is in my life. Some of you have husbands, some of you don't. Embrace that time. Some of you are young, some of you are older. Embrace the time. Some of you have the very young children. Some of you have older children. Embrace the time God's given to you.
forgive yourself. Take time to give yourself grace today. So let's all sing and let's ask God to fill our open arms. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.